like he's like when I looked at your IMPD I was yeah. like the fuck <laughs> like I knew you acted and stuff but I didn't realise you were like in the main character you are a main character like yeah. what the hell so I'm going to ask you a bit about some of your movies but yeah. I want to first off ask you which was your favourite set and why um my favourite set like to be on or like my favourite like like your, the experience like like the, yeah. not only like the outcome of the movie but the actual experience in like doing it um, I really like working with a director called John Brown. Right. Um, I've done two short films with him. Okay. And uh, yeah, we just have like a really good relationship. And um, he just really involves me in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's not just like a director and I'm an actor. And that's like, he. I remember one time he told me like, he doesn't put at the end of his film, like a John Brown film. Because yeah. like, it's not, he, he sees that as like, it's not a John Brown film because like, it wouldn't be a film without the crew or the yeah. cast or everyone else so he just has like really involved the people that are on set with him and like you know listens to them and like is open to like what they might suggest so it really feels like everyone's film um so i love working with him and i just love his scripts and the tone of the the films he's done like i think for acting with me i really like you know getting emotional and like uh yeah, the, I, I do lean towards like the darker stuff I that doesn't mean that I only like that stuff but there's something in me that like ignites yeah just yeah it really just I don't know I that scratch you know like that itch you have mm-hmm. it just feels like when I have a role like that I'm itching that scratch that I have I don't know you're like embodying the character like if you're able to connect to it on an emotional level yeah exactly like, that's true acting like yeah. that's a good that's a telltale sign and like you're taking your shit seriously you know yeah. what I mean what were the two films you worked with them on um, so uh, two films I worked with them on were um, My Father My Blood um, we filmed out in Clare in like the Byron and stuff so nice. like so atmospheric like out in the country um and I was playing a feral child so like animalistic so like I got to just think and explore so many different kind of like you know I don't know just really challenging kind of like ways of acting and he had me doing like a lot of like meta stuff where like you know I was like uh, pretending to be an animal while I was offset like while like while with him and stuff and so just like really going in depth like in terms of like thinking about your character and stuff um, and then I done another one with um, um around addiction, around alcoholism, uh, called Young Mother. Oh, I've um, seen that. That's incredible. Oh, really? Have you? Yeah. Oh wow. no way! Did you like it? I really liked it. Yeah, I I really like it. It's 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 pretty dark. Um, but yeah, it just allowed me to connect with lots of emotions and just really think deeply about the character. Um, and then uh, another set that I has been my favorite actual like. I haven't seen the film myself yet. I'm still right. waiting for it to come out. It's a horror film called "You Are Not My Mother," but the the actual like set of of that was just amazing. There was like lots of women. The director was a queer woman, um, and it just it just set a different kind of you well, know tone and a, a different you know just more feeling of like just safety and security and like under like someone understanding and yeah, yeah just it's mad how you, like can. I can't imagine how different a set would be with a woman director. Yeah. Like the, that, the change in tone, the change in atmosphere, how you would feel approaching them, no matter how nice the man yeah. is. I can't imagine what the dynamic, how much of a shift in the dynamic is. It's just knowing that like you share like the knowledge of what it can be like to be a woman on set. Just knowing that while on set with people just really helps 
that atmosphere and just your feeling of like safety and yeah no it's de- it's definitely different I am so like I'm so interested what was her name again the Kate Dolan is the director Kate of You Are Not My Mother yeah I don't know if I mentioned the name, but it's yeah. You're Not My Mother. Yeah. No, I always like to hear about female directors. You yeah, know, we need to slowly great. start taking over the world. <laughs> um, I watched Metal Heart last week. Yeah. I really thought it like touched my heart. And oh, I really? thought it was like, yeah, because you know what? The young, impressionable girl trope, you know, mm-hmm. be- feeling a bit lost in yourself. I felt like I related to her a tiny bit because not in the going for the older man or anything, but you know, feeling like you're in the shadow of like a good looking friend or a good yeah. looking sister. I always thought that mm-hmm. it's such a stupid thing for teenage Katie to think, but the comparison thing really hit home. How did you find um, filming that? What was your favorite stuff, things about doing that? Um, well, that was obviously more lighthearted. Like there's lots of comedy in it. It's coming of age. So it was definitely like, for me, it was stepping outside of my comfort zone. Like it, I never had anything as light as that or yeah. as playful as that. Um, so that was actually, um, you know, it probably seems like the the least challenging of roles, but it was actually the most challenging of roles because it's not something that I done often. Um, but I yeah, I enjoyed playing something kind of lighter in that way, um, and then getting the chance to practice, you know, some comedic timing and stuff. That was just just opening me up to more kind of stuff in acting. Um, but yeah I related to that as well like I was 16 I just finished my leave and search so there was lots in uh, the character Emma that I played that was resonating with me at the time as well um, you finished your leaving suit at 16? Yeah, at 16. I had no idea. That's yeah. incredible. We didn't have fourth year in my school. Right. And, uh, my birthday's in August so I started school pretty early. 16. Yeah. That's crazy. That's why I'm a baby amongst all of you. Oh my god I had no <laughs> idea. Okay yeah. so you came straight out of school and just dove straight into acting then or put a lot of concentration into uh, that for a couple of years? Well I was actually I was in acting while I was in uh, secondary school uh, I'd done uh, my first film I used to live here directed by Frank Berry when I was 12 so that was first year and then I'd done Rebellion and Resistance when I was in third year and then just like the start of sixth year mm-hmm. and then once I was done sixth year I'd done Metal Heart how did you get yourself into this? Like, how did the how did the acting chapter open in your life? Um. Well, when I was younger, I used to go to my nannies every Saturday, and all my aunties and uncles would be over there. All my cousins. Uh, it was just tradition to go over there on a Saturday and eat a bottle of stew. Nice. And uh, I just took that as an opportunity to take all my cousins and take my nanny's phone and make a film and. Mm. I used to just make films every Saturday with them and it was just like just if there was just this feeling I used to get when I used to do it that I don't get from anything else and it's my favourite feeling in the world and it just made me feel alive I know that probably sounds a bit corny but like no if it's the truth it's the truth girl it's it is and like (laughs) even now today like I recently made a film with my friend Paul at home and I got that feeling again and I was just so happy that it still exists in me and it's still there and like I'm just so lucky to have it, you know what I mean? I can always turn yeah. to it. But um so I used to just make films like as as young as I can remember, like like I mean, from the ages of like eight, nine, ten. And my dad was a big film buff. So growing up he we were always watching the classics together. Uh and he was just a person that would like you know, I'd watch films with other people and we'd just watch them and it'd just be entertainment. But with my dad we'd sit down and talk about it after it. So 
film just always just meant yeah. was, was just very prominent in my life and uh, just something very special always just a real comfort and uh, I just remember begging my mind like growing up being like I have to go into acting like it used to like scare me I used to get anxiety about it because I was like what if no one puts me into an acting school or oh what if God. like I don't get an audition or what yeah. if it just doesn't happen for me like that would have been devastating for me I would have been chasing it my whole life that is hunger yeah Hung- oh, it, pure stuff. hunger really you, you get shit when you have hunger yeah <laughs> if you really really fucking want something you can get it and mm-hmm. that just shows like it you have to like people who succeed in acting or filmmaking or writing it's because they love it and you can tell when someone loves it and you yeah. can tell when it's someone's passion because you, why would you take on emotions of a fictional character if you didn't fucking care about yeah, it do you exactly. know what I mean yeah. and that's what makes for good acting and that's yeah. what makes for enjoyable like, you get lost in movies you forget you're watching a bloody movie yeah. I'm like that's real life Gilmore Girls I'm like yeah. they are real <laughs> as yeah. far as I'm concerned I googled Rory from Gilmore Girls like the uh, Alexis Bell Bedell because yeah. I only started that recently and I googled her to see what she looked like now and I got freaked out I yeah. was like this is it's just ruined that part of like yeah because if you want to give it a good unbelievable performance you have to look into yourself and like apply effort so you yeah. can't go into acting if you don't care about it or yeah. it, do you know what I mean if you're going to go half in yeah. do you know what I mean yeah, I don't think that's something you can like go far in if you don't give it your all really I was really wanted to ask you about the film you did Mildly Different mm-hmm. um, I know that it resonated with you in a certain type of way do you want to share with the audience why yeah so when I was 16 um so from the ages of like, I would say 10 onwards, uh, which is really young now, saying it now, it seems crazy, but I really, really suffered with my mental health, uh, like suicidal ideation, uh, suicide attempt. Um, I've been in A&E um, with my mental health, my life on the line. Um, just really, really bad mental health uh, from the ages of about like it, it's always been there like uh, even younger than 10 but I just remember around the ages of like 10, 11, 12 it just getting really bad Um, I had outside you know external problems going on in my life there was like where I grew up there was lots of like addiction and crime, suicide that was like then in my family as well people close to me um, everyone's trauma is just fucking bouncing off of one another one generational another. trauma yeah too. exactly and um, I just knew that there was something more than all of these like you know these were obviously going to impact me all of these things going on in my life but I just knew that there was something else on top right. of that you'd have got a feeling yeah just the way I was like uh, um, observe, uh, like observing these things or taking them in or how they were impacting me was just I felt was a bit different um, I just felt like I was a bit more sensitive to it or like the way I processed it or thought about it was just a bit extreme and right. so I just knew there was something on top of all this so I was kind of pleading with my ma to you know I need to go get assessed and eventually you know it's really hard to get assessed in Ireland but after literally being in A&E I was referred to a place in Tallaght called Lucina Clinic oh, yeah. and they were able to uh, assess me and I got an assessment of ASD right. which is Asperger's yeah. and um, that just kind of explained like I guess like 
the processing thing like mm-hmm. the way I kind of like the way things impacted me the way my mind worked and how like the relationship between how my mind worked and the things that were going on in my life mm-hmm. like just the relationship between the yeah. both of them like what that meant for my mental health then and um, like I think in a different environment with different circumstances I probably could have flourished with my you know my diagnosis but in my case um everything was just totally totally consuming me and I was so overwhelmed by it um and then when I was 16 I ended up getting a diagnosis that made a lot of sense to me which was a BPD yeah um which it basically stems from trauma early childhood trauma and just kind of manifests into like um yeah, it's like coping mechanisms. Yeah, it's like, exactly. You know, one little thing can happen and you get really upset over it and everyone's like, why'd you get so upset over yeah. that? And it's like, but it's not about this thing, it's about the bigger picture. Yeah. And nobody can see all the veins that connect to the exactly. tree. Exactly, it's literally I mean? like, I describe it as like a like a spider web like yeah. structure. Like, because it's like, all, all of my trauma can be triggered by one minor thing exactly. that has happened and it's... It, it can interrupt your whole life and it was interrupting my life uh i had like mood uh dysregulation so i had no control over my emotions the extremities that they would reach how much they would fluctuate um again i was suffering with suicidal ideation like a lot um but then yeah so just going back to mildly different that just um there was a film um being um advertised for someone to take the role of uh, a role of someone uh, being like autistic and uh, I had recently went for a short film uh, with the role of someone that was autistic and they rang up my agent and basically said like uh, oh, she ac- is she actually autistic and yeah I saw you say this on Morning Heart yeah it just it bothered me so much so fucked up Jordan. yeah because it's the whole like invisible disability like your needs aren't going to be met if like who are they making a film about autism but then bringing say up that. yeah oh, it's but oh you don't seem autistic enough like what do you know about autism I know yeah why and are you making a it, film about invalidating it? someone do you know what I mean and then just like the stereotype that someone that has Asperger's or whatever or autism or whatever has to look a certain way or be a certain yeah. way it's like stigma yeah exactly so once when that happened I actually I cried about like a really kind of you know pushed me back because I was like oh god people don't believe me mm-hmm. or like you know maybe I don't have autism I was doubting my own you'd self be, and my own mental health you'd be spiraling 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 exactly it's like someone's not validating your own experiences yeah. they're undermining the fact that you have this big thing wrong with you yeah. no, it's, not, it's actually not wrong with you there's nothing wrong with you you have this you have this element and they're basically questioning whether you have it or not yeah that's fucked up and like how much that happens to us in real life anyways yeah and then having someone who's meant to be supporting you obviously it's just performative yeah but like yeah. you turn to a person who wants to support you and suddenly they're saying what everyone else has been saying to you it's just so disheartening so after that I was like I saw another film then and uh, that was asking for roles of people with autism and they were looking for people uh, that were actually like on the spectrum they wanted to mm-hmm. like accurately represent uh, autism so after that comment I just I had to go for another short just to kind of empower myself again yeah. and uh, they were delighted to have me on set so I just kind of 
you know, got to take control over my story again. So that was just a nice bounce back after a comment like that. And how did you feel, like, how did you connect with Christina? Do you feel like you, Christina did a good job? Yeah. Like the script for Christina did a good job in representing the ASD community? Um, I think what the film does is that it kind of, it's more of a film that like, it's like showing examples of symptoms or characteristics okay. rather than like, you know, a film that is just like a film. Yeah. It's like, um, it's like, uh, like an educational type yeah. of film. Am I right in saying that we hear her th- inner thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Throughout yeah. the film. So like she says something. And then she's saying in her head, oh, sugar, should I have said that? Or she's trying to rationalise. Yeah, so just that criticism, like, yeah. and that only, like, so many of people's, uh, people with Asperger's, so much of their problems is actually because of, like, society's... Um, reactions. Reactions and their, like, acceptance or their, like, um, kind of welcoming or, like, inclusivity. Mm-hmm. You know, so her, like criticizing herself or overthinking is only because of other people's reactions yeah. do you know what i mean like their responses to who she is but i connected with christina because like i feel like she obviously ultimately she is a different person you know i don't align with her completely yeah. and that is the art of acting, acting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. another character but obviously there was lots that resonated with me um which was like uh, well that's self-criticism as well that mm-hmm. constantly like worrying about how you're being perceived because of comments that you've had about yeah. you being a bit odd before or saying something you know without reading the room yeah, or yeah, like yeah, yeah. um so just that kind of like wondering where you fit in yeah. and stuff and especially because like because of comments that are made towards me about like is she actually autistic that doesn't i'm now i'm not only like feeling rejected by people who aren't on the spectrum but I feel rejected by like the actual being on the spectrum like where do I fit like where do I I, 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 as an autistic woman it's like I don't fit in in society and then when I'm asked are you actually autistic I don't even fit in in the autistic community do you know what I mean? I think that man was riding on the autism like was capitalising on autism didn't know anything about it and is in turn which is so corrupt fucking fucking yeah. your mental health up yeah. like you don't need to be going around being like oh sugar do I not seem autistic enough yeah. that's nobody needs to you've been told by a bloody doctor you're autistic you're autistic yeah. it's called a spectrum for a reason it's yeah. huge and not it, not one size fits all dyslexic people I, I know so many people that are dyslexic are we all the same do yeah. we all get the same results do we all do the same yeah. subjects no people are different do you yeah. know what I mean I'm sure that it was empowering to do a POV video for your community it, even though if you didn't completely was, resonate yeah. with the character it's still your community yeah. and you should never doubt that the part of me that did resonate with Christina is what I was saying about like the uh, oh you don't fit into society and now apparently you probably don't fit into what people think autism looks like either so where do you fit you're a bit too odd for everyone else but then you're not odd enough to be on the spectrum do you know what I mean just mm-hmm. that middle ground and I think Christina was like someone who was like oh she's not autistic but she's definitely odd or she's definitely weird and just mm-hmm. like I definitely related to that you know just people obviously questioning like her diagnosis yeah. or like her disorder 
um, she just get comments I feel very similar to like is she actually autistic though do you know what I mean yeah because of people's preconceived ideas of what that yeah. is I wanted to I you mentioned it before but I really want to before we move on um, I really wanted to touch on I used to live here because mm-hmm. I know you're from Tala yeah and it's a working class area mm-hmm. there's um, suicide happens yeah. in it and it kind of is from a community perspective, am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was that like for you to shoot at 12 years old and mm-hmm. how did how did it resonate with you coming from an area like Tallaght? Um, well, uh, like I was saying earlier about like how I got into acting all, I just like had that hunger uh, and, you know, pleading with my mom to get me in somewhere and eventually um, the, a miracle happened and there was an audition down at my uh, local community centre and I went down with a few of my mates and um, yeah, auditioned for it and got the lead role. Um, the character's name was Amy and it's basically about like, she's living in a community where, a working class community where uh, there's a suicide and it just kind of has this ripple effect um, of, you know, just like the way young people kind of think about life and um, what they think their options you know could be it kind of just provokes uh thoughts in the community's minds which can be like you know detrimental to a community um yeah so just that knock-on effect of like suicide in areas and like in Tala we suffer yeah, from clus- clusters of suicides and um at that time i was uh, dealing with a lot of stuff that's brought up in the film um i I didn't think when I was growing up, I didn't think much about my class. You know, when you're younger, you just know all that's around you and that's it. And yeah. you just think that's it, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> so everything was just normal to me. That's how life was. That's how life worked. Uh, the amount of sadness and tragedy was just part of life. Uh, I just thought it happened everywhere. Um, and then, you know, i done that film and it was sparking thoughts in me around class and you know oh god this film is obviously highlighting that something is really wrong here yeah and um it just got me thinking about that um and i had heard about lots of suicides and all before that so it was hitting close to home to me so it was just so important that and it was the same for everyone else that was in the film yeah um at a young age we had all experienced suicide whether it was friends or ma's friends or aunties or uncles, someone knew someone, yeah. um, sometimes more than one person. And uh, so it's just so important for us to be able to have a voice in that. And um, the director, Frank Berry, was just so eager for us to, you know, tell our story. Like he was there with a script and a camera and there to say action and cut, but he wanted us to tell our story and that, really came to life like he, I remember even like being on set and like he needed extras and I just knocked into my nanny's it was a Saturday like I said all <laughs> my aunties and uncles were over so I knocked in got all my cousins out and all my cousins were in the film so it really was just all of the community yeah that's amazing pulling wow. at whatever they had getting everyone together and just making something wow. and speaking up and um it was with the community centre as well who does so much for the children you know I was part of the summer project with the community centre and now looking back on it I know the summer project not to see it in this kind of like bleak way like the summer project was brilliant <laughs> some of the best times in my life on the summer project 
but you realize it's there because of the injustice that we face and you know just trying to bring kids together and get Mm -hmm. them out and show them life and bring fun into their life because knowing that they have a lot of shit to deal with uh, at home and all the shit that's going on around them of course um that's so much to take on at 12 years old because you know like any this is just an example i'm not trying to compare it to you but children who grow up with alcoholic parents Mm -hmm. they no matter where they come from they always say they didn't realize that their dad or mom was an alcoholic mm-hmm. until they quit. Because it's normal. Because yeah. it's normal to them. Mm-hmm. So for you to, at such a young age, at 12, to do a movie about your, basically your life, yeah. practically, you know what I mean? Like, it resonated with everybody on set. Yeah. You're all from the, those kind of communities. It really is truth pleading into your acting, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That must have been a lot to take on as a 12 year old and to process, am I right? Do you know what? I don't know. A lot to take on, yeah, probably, but. I wanted to Your bits for the better. It, it was fulfilling me in a way yeah. it was empowering yeah. and you know I felt like I was being handed over my voice yeah. and I got to represent something important that's always been something that's why like you know I'm big into activism and act, uh, advocating like it's so important for me to feel like I'm speaking up or I'm representing or um, and then also I was struggling with my own mental health and it actually felt good I'm a person that like I I'm all ask questions even when mm-hmm. it's uncomfortable, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like uh my dad suffered with his addiction and uh, you know, a lot of the time that would be kind of tried to be swept under the carpet or whatever and that damaged me. Yeah. The whole sweeping under the carpet and pretend it's not happening. I was someone that held up a mirror and was like, Let's talk about this, let's yeah. discuss this, what like do you know what I mean? So I th- I just felt like I was handed that in getting to do what I used to live here it was like talk about it like tell us show us that's so important Uh, and then you know um, you know if I had to cry or there was a scene it was like express it in this way and it was just it was therapeutic like you you probably would think it was the opposite because you think oh that must have been a lot to take on but I was already taking it on in the yeah. real world. I actually just got a chance to explore it and express it and... And show the world. And show the world, yeah. Give your community a voice. That yeah. must have been so empowering. It was. Because that's there forever. That's made history. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's very... Like, the people are giving the working class a voice now. And mm. what year was that filmed? That was filmed in 2012. Yeah, so yeah. mid-2000s, you know? Yeah. Like, I think the more that people like that type of those type of movies need to put on, be put on RT mm-hmm. they need to make people feel uncomfortable because yeah. you can't just decide oh I don't want to I'm not going to drive to that area because I don't have no business being yeah. there so it's out of sight out of mind yeah. it's bullshit mm-hmm. people need to be stepping up and the fucking government need to be stepping up yeah. but anyways I want to touch uh, we, I really know that you are a mental health advocate, so mm-hmm. I know you don't mind yeah. me asking you. Of course, I'm, just, I'm just putting that out there before <laughs> yeah. anybody's like, Jesus, Katie, mind, your, mind your own business. <laughs> but um, I saw, I actually tuned into your live when I was in Berlin. It right. was, yeah, there was a live with you and this um, man, and he was a, I think he was from an outreach program yeah. or something, and you were talking about mental health. Yeah. I was there for like an hour. I was like, this is class. Yeah. So I wanted, to, we've talked about your BDP and stuff, but like, yeah. as a 20, one year old yeah how are you facing with your mental health at the moment like what yeah. would you say what would you want to share with people that maybe help other people how are you coping um i guess that like 
I am someone I'm a super feeler mm-hmm. so like when I I just describe it as like when I love someone I wear my heart on my sleeve mm-hmm. I give them all of my love mm-hmm. uh, and when I'm sad when I'm down when something mm-hmm. is bothering me I am in that I sit in my feelings do you know yeah. what I mean yeah. I even probably sit in them too much indulge sit in them too long I indulge in them mm-hmm. um, I'm very like I've been there yeah I feel like <laughs> um, so I lived in that for a long time um, just being com- completely consumed by like all of the bad shit in my life, all of the stuff that was, you know, depressing me or, um, yeah, just even the stuff that I talked about, like addiction and stuff in my family and stuff like that was just, I was just totally consumed by it and I nearly lost my life over it a number of times and I just got to a point then, uh, I don't even know what way to describe it other than there was just one point where I just said, if I'm not gonna die, then I need to get proactive about this. Right. And I remember just going to my. Uh, I was referred to A and E after um, being the most suicidal that I've been in, and this might come to a shock to some people if they're listening because I didn't uh, share it loads with like friends or anything. Uh, but it was in my second year of college, and I was extremely suicidal really really depressed and i end up in a and e um i'm so sorry to hear that no no it's fine um and they referred me to a psychotherapist that was a uh, specific to uh my diagnosis of bpd mm-hmm. so i start going into like cognitive therapy and uh, just really, really addressing my BPD and breaking it down and unpacking trauma and just like training. Mm-hmm. And it was really intense. Um, but I just remember going to it. And like I said, I know this might sound dramatic, but it was either like I said, I either leave this world or I get proactive. So I remember just after they referred me there, my first day of therapy, I was like, look, I need to get better. Yeah. I need to do You're this. You're on board. Like. And so I'm just there was just like I thought I was so open minded and I just thought oh god there's no hope for me but when I went into that therapy room and I said right I need to do this I felt something opening up in me where I was just a bit more open to the help 100% and just a bit more you know just facing it head on and and just trying the stuff that I always shrugged off and just really giving it my best go Mm -hmm. and um, it it eventually and slowly started to work and I was so taken back by it I was so surprised it it felt like a miracle and I've just been continuing that my own little journey in a therapy I just finished up my therapy so I was in it for about a year and a half uh doing intense therapy uh just unpacking trauma and stuff and um yeah just Congratulations, girl. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Because it takes, it takes a lot of balls to not only face that, but to come out here and share that with people. Yeah. That's that's a whole next level of bravery, bravery. So I just want to thank <laughs> you for that. Because I can't emphasize how important it is for people, like you probably know yourself, for people to like listen and to be like, wow, I'm not alone. Like yeah. I know people are like, oh, people just use that as an excuse because they can talk about their problems online. I'm like, no, like yeah. I was I was the same as you. I was depressed. 
and I thought that I was just over dramatic. I was like, what do I have to be depressed yeah. about? I was giving out to myself. I was yeah. like, I'm so fucking privileged. Who the fuck do I think I am being depressed? And I was like, oh my God, I can't tell anybody because they'll be like, oh my God, Kitty, you have a nice boyfriend, you have a nice family. Like, yeah. why are you depressed? And I'm like, ah. And then I started, I heard, I heard somebody one day on a podcast and I'm not even joking you. I just, it all clicked for yeah. me. I was like, wow, I'm not fucking alone. Yeah. So for you to share your story today... Ev- everyone thinks they're a fraud, though. Everyone yeah. questions themselves. Everyone doubts themselves. Yeah. Everyone will find a way to criticise themselves. 100%. Yeah. But you do a bit of writing at the moment. Yeah. Is it, tell us a bit about that. You've been doing some so, articles. Yeah, I've just been writing for Rogue. So uh, I just try and incorporate film into important topics. So right. I talk about class in film. I talk about mental illness in film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I've just done uh, a few bits for them. Because you, you study film in Trinity. I do, yeah. yeah. Film, I study film in English. Uh, I studied English up until third year. And then when we finally year. Oh, film. Yeah. Love it. And how do you find Trinity as a girl from Tala? Is it difficult? Um, when, like, so my ma went through Trinity first and uh, I think she, she talks about it being uh, quite, you know, surreal or intimidating, uh, especially in, like, her first and second year, you know, mm-hmm. just knew they were coming straight from Tala. No one else in her family mm-hmm. had gone on to third level education I think not even like I was going to say Trinity but I think she's the only one that I can think of anyways that went on to third level education so it's just in completely new world yeah and um, you know Trinity was just so foreign to me yeah and foreign to my classmates as well like I remember she got elected SU president and uh, so we got the chance to live there for a year in front square and oh I was yeah <laughs> yeah and uh, I was in a third year of school I think it was and uh, I remember telling my mates in school and they were like what you're gonna live in Trinity you sleeping on a desk or something I'm like what <laughs> so it uh, like you know that we just so like I remember I had a boyfriend at the time as well when um it and. Oh, and I had a boyfriend at the time that I was studying in Trinity and I brought him in to show him the campus. Yeah. Because uh, I was like, oh, wait till you see this. Wait till you see this little insight that I have that we're not meant to yeah. know about. And uh, he came in with me and, like, he didn't know that we could walk through there or anything. Like, right. just so excluded from it. Right, Do you know yeah. what I mean? Um. So, no wonder none of us, uh, so, so little of us, tried to step into that world because... Yeah. We're led to believe that it's not for us. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Um, and that is the case. It isn't for us. Yeah. That's why it makes it even cooler down there. So, yeah. um, but I think yeah, my mom was uh quite intimidating, but she made the first leap. So yeah. I think when she did that, it did ease me a little bit. You know, she what yeah. do you call that? She like, she like made she, trailblazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I I I did kind of come in then with it like. Oh well, my mom came through here. Yes, yeah, so she yeah. had no one in front of her. So, but it was just one person. It was my mm-hmm. mom. You know, it was none of my mates. It wasn't my aunties and uncles. Mm-hmm. So it was still intimidating. Of to course. Me. And I kind of just went in there, being myself, being Jordan, and then I think I got a bit of a shock of. Yeah. There, I I was like, oh shit! Like people are very different to me here. Yeah. Uh. I just I forgot about that for a minute mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I was reminded very quickly yeah. uh, just you know like I would say something and it wasn't being uh, 
picked up the way I would by my mates yeah. in Kilnarden. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If I talked about my dad or something mad that happened or yeah, people are I like, know, oh, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? But like, we're it, it, we'd be I'd be able to bounce off all the people in my area yeah. with this kind of thing. Yeah. So, so much of my stories mm-hmm. got left behind when I went to Trinity because yeah. they just not that people weren't not that people were being a dick about it around yeah. or being judgmental around yeah, of course but the stories just they didn't like no one was bouncing back with me about yeah, them yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean yeah, so yeah. I just felt like it just came to a point where I didn't I don't know I don't know how else to explain that posh people are stale <laughs> <laughs> me included but, um, <laughs> no so I just you know I just noticed that it was hard because you know, I saw people bouncing off of each other with their own stories. Yeah, I do get that. And you know what? I don't even think so much so that it is like a strictly like people relating to you and having the same banter and crack as you. That's one thing. But I think that a lot of people who are even from this part of town who did there's, you know, there's a big cohort of people that stay friends with their school friends. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a huge issue in South Dublin. Nobody yeah. fucking moves on. So I've even, noticed that because yeah, when, I I'm out, when I'm out on a night out, everyone asks me, oh, when they ask me, I swear I'd nearly put myself. And they're too. like, what school, what, what school are you from? I was like, what do you mean, what school am I from? I was like, you're not going to know my school. They're like, no, go on, I might, I might. I was like, I'm telling you. <laughs> Why do you care? It's the way people vet people. They're yeah. like, they don't even ask you your name. They'll ask you what school you went to before Isn't your fucking mad? name. I know, but the thing is like people you could enter a new friend group like maybe you've left your school friends behind yeah you don't hang out with them as much and then you're at these new there's still people from your area but you're still like oh you guys are still living in you know the past or whatever and i'm not part of that so if it gives you any sort of consolation i'm sure that there are loads of people that are like uh yeah because a lot of people go they're like in the same course as people that they went to school with or they in the same college they'll be in different courses but mm-hmm. meet up at lunchtime yeah it i think that it's a comfort thing people like some of the most confident people that i've met from south dublin that i think well they think they were shit like they're really mm-hmm. confident they aren't when they're not with their big posse when they're not comfortable yeah, yeah when they're put in a situation where they have to meet all these new people for the first time and nope they don't know anybody in the room mm-hmm. they're no longer mr confident so it says a lot that you can just go in and be yourself and yeah. fuck it fuck it if they don't receive your job and like i i have I've, I've gone in waves of it you know yeah. what i mean because like you know sometimes i'm like fuck it i'll be myself and share my stories and then there's days where i don't know my I'm just like oh no, yeah, no like, I don't want to be like a spectator because you guys yeah, are so exactly. unaware of my like it's yeah. not like entertaining like do you know what I mean yeah do you know what I mean and when I'm telling my story it's just me alone no yeah. one's co- no one's chiming in do yeah. you know what I mean so I it, it does feel lonely from times and then it does change kind of like I guess how you approach it yeah constantly kind of like fluidly sometimes mm-hmm. you're like fuck it and then other times you're a bit self-conscious about it and 100%. then it kind of just comes in waves yeah uh but it has felt lonely i have a, obviously i have the best group of friends in college yeah, of course i was so lucky to be gifted with like so many amazing people in college um you've got a great gang there i do you really have a do. Great <laughs> yeah yeah and um bonnie in particular my friend in college constantly tells me like which is lovely and like really humbling like rich tells me like how much i've taught her and it's just like that's so nice to yeah. just like have someone listen and to actually like you know they're really taking it in and yeah. they're considering it and they then I think when she tells me stuff like that I'm like maybe I don't need to have someone 
relate to me. Exactly. Maybe just you don't. Do you know what I mean? Just you need for to be someone, different. Just for someone to hear and 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 just take it on board and just you know even if it's their first time hearing it. Yeah. So what? That that's our relationship. But that's amazing that's that you is. get to be the person that educates people, that enlightens yeah. people, that yeah. says, you know this is the crack this yeah. is show diversifying friend groups and telling them stories that they wouldn't yeah. have fucking heard elsewhere sometimes I, I worry I'm like I worry about who that makes me in the group do you know what I mean I don't know whether I'm like sticking out like a sore thumb or not I'm at all have you seen the state of our group <laughs> <laughs> they're all, they're, they're, it's like if you put any of us into a normal group we'd all stick out do you yeah. get me so we're all just stick outs do you get me I, I wish <laughs> but in all of that I wish I could say that I think for the majority, like, if you ask any of my friends, all I do is, you know, I love where I'm from, I constantly talk about where I'm from, mm. I don't let anyone shit on yeah, anything, even if someone wants to say the word, like, junkie, no. I step right up to it, and, you know, I feel very strongly about where I'm from, and I love where I'm from, Um, but in saying that, I have to admit that sometimes while in college, and subconsciously it's never really been like I've actively tried to do but more subconsciously I have toned it down a bit just as a means of fitting in a little bit more or just um I don't know just feeling like I'm slotting into the group a bit easier or something more a bit do you know what I mean so I feel like everybody changes their tone a little bit yeah when they're with different people yeah so I what I could understand that for you that might translate as like oh am I losing myself or am I trying yeah. to fit in too much but think about like your phone voice yeah. or think about the voice that you <laughs> yeah. use when you're at work yeah. like sometimes you it's just like yourself, yeah but it's also just like your subconscious doing yeah. like it's staying just to make itself feel comfortable but I get I get I feel like I have a responsibility sometimes yeah. I'm definitely too hard on myself but sometimes I'm like I notice that I've toned it down for a while yeah. you know whether it's I notice my accent maybe in in a group I'm like oh Jesus I didn't sound like the way I usually sound there for a minute yeah maybe it was because I was subconsciously self-conscious so I just kind of toned it down a little bit or I didn't say like the slang words I'd usually say because no one else uses them yeah um or maybe I didn't tell that certain story that I want to tell because maybe it's a bit you know extreme or it won't sit right or like (laughs) do you know what I mean so I was like I and then I get really angry at myself for that because I'm like feel a responsibility to own my where I'm from I feel like I'm letting down like my community if I don't constantly hold that with or like tear tear the tear the filter down yeah yeah. Well, girl, you know what? You're not disappointing anyone because you're fucking out here for like 30, 40 minutes yeah. representing Tala proud <laughs> and and the ASD community. Yeah. I actually, I get I get all me mates from Trinity. I probably got you to do it at one point on a night. I, I get everyone at one point to go, yo, Tala! And everyone just be mad for it. Everyone love does it. it. Yeah. You gotta spread the love, man. You gotta spread the love. Literally. Well, Jordan, it has been an absolute pleasure so to much, have Katie. you on oh my god I've never had such a good flow and conversation oh, genuinely great. and you've shared such amazing stories so thank you so much no worries thanks for having me oh my god <laughs> that was so